We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for um, September 11, 2011. And we're going to continue with this horrific study. Uh, we're going to segue more now into uh, the gay and lesbian, uh, bisexual, transgendered agenda and how that relates to the Christian church in America. Next article is entitled, Lesbian Pastor Refuses to Wed Straits Until Gays Are Allowed to Marry in North Carolina. So, here we have a lesbian pastor, um, which there is no such thing in the New Testament, or the old, really, as a uh, woman pastor, bishop, deacon, or elder. And I'm not saying that from a chauvinistic standpoint. I'm saying if you look in a King James Bible, it says that the pastor, the bishop, the elder, must be the husband, or deacon, must be the husband of one wife, not the wife of one husband. Is not condoned. It's such a foregone conclusion, it's not even mentioned. It's just stated over and over again. Husband of one wife. And if you don't believe that, just can women in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. I did a whole study on what women can, from a biblical standpoint, do for the Lord. It's not from a chauvinistic standpoint. I'm just saying it's from a biblical. I cite everything with scripture. I'm not trying to be a chauvinist. I'm not against women. Um... I'm just saying, this is what the Bible says, so, what women can do for the Lord. And, um, I don't think I've ever had anybody come back to me and say, that was so offensive, you're such a chauvinist. I've never had anybody come back to me and say it. Not to say it couldn't happen tomorrow, but I wasn't from that standpoint. Because I do not have an axe to grind against women, at all. I have more of an axe to grind against the men, to be honest with you, that have abdicated their role as fathers. And a lot of the stuff that I'm reporting on, particularly the stuff that I just reported on with Toddlers and tears, you know, and I'm not talking about my listeners. I'm talking about the general people that would call themselves Christians. They would grow a backbone and stand up against this stuff. It wouldn't, you know, but when tyranny and wickedness is just allowed to permeate and grow unabated, well, then if you give Satan an inch, he's going to take a mile. So this article starts out by saying, Pastor. Nancy Petty, and I give you a picture of her. Uh, she looks like a, well, she is. She's a lesbian spiritual leader. So she's a lesbian pastor at Pullen Memorial Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Baptist Church. Now, granted, it does say in the article that I think the Southern Baptist Convention is whatever, doesn't support them, or I don't know. But, I mean, You've got a lesbian pastor of a Baptist church. I mean, really, I mean, what more could you... Why doesn't she just say she's a witch, too? I mean, you know, part Christian pastor, part Luciferian. Which, there's a high likelihood she is, because it is a proven fact that people are Luciferians or Satanists, particularly the ones that are closet Luciferians and Satanists, covet the job of Christian pastor the most, because they can do the most damage in that capacity, and also it's the best cover for them, because nobody would suspect a pastor. Uh, anyway, she has a message for her state, this lesbian Baptist pastor. She says, legalize same-sex marriage or else. Oh wow, are we going to incur the wrath of of this lesbian pastor now? That sounded like a threat to me. 
Hmm. Until gay unions are, are legislatively permitted, Petty plans to no longer sign marriage licenses. Like this abomination on two legs has any right to sanction a marriage between anyone. Who, I mean, I, I, can't, I cannot imagine the, the mindset of the dumbed-down, spineless sheeple that are part of her congregation. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what type of person who would call themselves a Christian would attend a church like that. I mean, we're talking people that have no fear of God and have probably never opened their Bible ever. I mean, even in an NIV, you can figure this out. She goes on to say, until gay unions are legislatively permitted, Perry plans to no longer sign marriage licenses. Well, you talk about a, uh, you got married by this witch? <laughs> you talk about a cursed, starting off on the wrong foot in a real cursed way. An action that will potentially have profound impact on her congregation. Oh boy, what will they do? This lesbian not signing off on the state run marriage certificate. You know, they got to be ordained by the state. Where's that in the Bible? Well, so they're in their 501c3 corporate church with the pastor as the CEO and the deacons of the board of direction at uh, the board of directors. And the IRS will classify you that way even if you don't do it in your charter. Which is totally unbiblical, no Bible for it whatsoever. State the state created you, it formed you. It mandates the rules thereby which you must abide. And then that allows you to marry people. By the state of Florida, I now pronounce thee man and wife. By the state of North Carolina, by the power invested in me. By the state of North Carolina, I now pronounce thee man and wife. Where's that in the Bible? So... The Bible says, what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Meaning separate. So you got, you're being married in a 501c3 corporate church by a 501c3 corporate pastor who's gotten their authority from the state, and they say it right in the vows, by the power given to me, essentially. By the state of Florida. Isn't it? Should it be by God? As a biblically qualified pastor? Oh no, no, that's all done away with. In today's modern... Laodicean, lukewarm church. We don't need any of that. That's antiquated. It's biblical. Though she claims she has enjoyed presiding over weddings, she says, every time I sign a marriage license for a heterosexual couple and act and act as an agent for the state, you, you're right about that. You are acting as an agent for the state, not as an agent of God. Every time I sign a marriage license for a heterosexual couple and act as an agent of the state, I am reminded of those couples who I marry that are denied the basic human right to legally marry the person of their choice. Meaning, gays, lesbians, all the bisexual, transgendered ilk. See, they're not afforded the same rights. It's, it's just, what's this world coming to, you know? So in other words, she's throwing her little hissy fit, her little lesbian hissy fit, because 
things are not as though... They, and, and here she is, a pastor of a Baptist church. Unbelievable. In addressing same-sex marriage, Petty said the following to her congregation. Do we, meaning Poland Memorial Baptist Church, want to continue to participate in offering religious ceremonies that carry with them civil and human rights that are not afforded to all people? Oh, isn't that wonderful? Doesn't she sound so politically correct? Going further, she says, Or will it be our practice and the practice of our ministers to honor all marriages equally by only offering religious ceremonies? Thus, not acting as agents of the state. Oh, that would be terrible. I mean, because the state's the one that has to sanction everything, right? The Bible says that, right? No, the Bible says the exact opposite. God should be the one sanctioning it, not the wicked government. Thus, not acting as agents of the state and perpetuating the unjust marriage laws of our state. So see, the demons that possess this lesbian pastor are not satisfied with the current status quo where she can actually act as an agent of the state and marry people that are heterosexual, bindingly. They can only offer religious ceremonies to the gays and lesbians and all these perverted ilk that want to join, even though it's proven in statistics that they have beyond the morals of an alley cat. I mean, it, it would make an alley cat blush, basically the statistics of these same-sex couples literally staying together. I've got into that in just key at homosexual or gays in the keyword search box at uh, contendingfortruth.com. Done many studies dedicated to this. So the demons that possess this lesbian, I don't want to call her a pastor, this lesbian wannabe pastor, they're not satisfied with, you know, this anymore. No, 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 no. We have to have justification of our wicked, immoral, sick, depraved behavior, and we want the state to to legislate and legitimize every facet of our wicked, sick, twisted lives, including marriage. So she's throwing a little demonic hissy fit, because she's not getting in her way. When she's rotten in hell, she's not going to get it her way there either. And then in the lake of fire, she's not going to get it her way. But see, in this life, she wants to make sure she tries to impose her demonic will, her the demons that are guiding her on her pathetic congregation. By this lesbian's assessment, The word of God is void and unjust, according to her. Think about it. By what she just stated, in her eyes, the word of God is void and unjust. How in the world could she call herself a Baptist? I mean, a Baptist, any, I'm not, you know, saying Baptists are perfect, but man, the churches that I've been in of Baptist persuasion, I can't imagine any of this going on. Okay. But to her, the word of God is just void and unjust. It's, 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 you know, obviously it has to be. Romans 1, 26 and 28, For this cause God gave them up to vile affections. 
God views homosexuality, bisexuality, trans, all that other garbage as vile affections. God gave them up to this. Even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Two women being together can't procreate and create a baby. It's against nature. For even their women did change the natural use that is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly. It's an abomination in the sight of God. It was in the Old Testament, it's the same in the New. What is What version does this use? The lesbian inclusive version? I don't know. I'm not saying there is one, but there probably will be sooner or later. Oh, a lot of these new versions have, have removed all the references of condemnation regarding homosexuality totally out of them. This is why it's very important what Bible version you're reading. If you doubt that, just key in KJV in the search box at contendingfortruth.com to understand the importance of reading, if you're English-speaking, reading an Engl- a King James Bible. And receiving in themselves that recompense of air which was meet, meaning fitting, proper, or apt. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, <laughs> that's the thing that gets me about a, a lesbian pastor Baptist. How could you want to retain God in your knowledge? Maybe the God of your creation? Well, he's the big guy in the sky. He, he's, he's, I mean, a lot of these, uh, I've heard a lot of women Marjorie Denningham, and I've heard this is a big trend in emerging Christianity and in, in apostate Christianity, especially with women that are pastors, where they get into this whole thing where um, the Holy Spirit is a woman, and they start to attribute all these female goddess principles to God, because you know God can't be you know he's chauvinistic if he's not essentially. And a lot of that I've seen a lot of that permeate into. Pseudo-Christianity, as of late. And receiving in themselves that recompense of air, which was meat. And they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. This lesbian pastor has been given over to a reprobate mind a long time ago. And here you have a reprobate leading a Baptist congregation. And the people in there evidently have such little understanding, discernment, that they just go along like sheep to the slaughter. They're all going to hell. You cannot tell me there's people in there that are saved. You, there's no way you could convince me of it. If the Holy Spirit lives inside a Christian, they are not going to sit under a lesbian pastor and eat that whatever garbage she's spewing out on a weekly basis. Of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then ye are bastards. What is a bastard? An illegitimate son. If God's not chastening you as a born-again Christian, and you're doing wrong, and let me tell you something, sitting under a lesbian pastor was real wrong in God's eyes. If you're not being chastened, you're not saved. You cannot sit someplace like this year after year after year and have no conviction of sin or the sin of the pastor. I mean, she's obviously right out there in the open. Here I am. My sheep hear my voice. How could you tell me you're going to sit in a place like this? Oh, God's telling me to stay. I'll change it from the outside or from the inside out. No, 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 no. A little leaven, which is, by the, Jesus Christ said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. 
one person committing a horrific sin in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 was enough to start to defile the whole church. And it said, purge such an one out. Turn such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. But because there's no judgment in the church, because anything goes in the church, the corruption starts from the top down in most churches. And the whole church is spiritually blinded. And if the blind lead at the blind, they will both fall into a ditch. you got a blinded lesbian, pseudo-wannabe pastor, at the head of this pseudo-flock. They're not Christians. There's no way. They can call themselves Christians all day long. By their fruits you will know them. Sorry, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Not saying that my listeners are in her congregation, but, you know. I mean, somebody with the most rudimentary understanding of the New Testament could figure this out. Or even the Old. Because the Bible says, I am God, I changeth not. Still an abomination. As it, I mean, back then it was punishable by death. In the the Bible said, well, here, Leviticus 20.13, If a man lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. It was a death sentence. Death and hell was the sentence if they were caught or found out. And it said, purge these people out why? Because they're, the abominations they're committing, whether it be um, men with men, women with women, and or child sacrifice, those particular things defile the land. And when child sacrifice is practiced, their innocent blood defiles the land. Homosexual practices also defile the land. Can you imagine how defiled America is at this point? Wow, I mean, it's hard to comprehend and when, as the land becomes more defiled, people become more seared. Their consciences become more seared with a hot iron. They're being more turned over to a reprobate mind. The Spirit speak, the Holy Spirit, essentially in 1 Timothy 4.1, speaketh expressly that in, in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's the day and time we're living in. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Colossians 2.8, I believe. We're not, we're supposed to beware lest any man spoil us through philosophy. I'm sure this lesbian pastor has a lot of philosophy she throws at her congregation. Philosophy, vain deceit, traditions of men, rudiments of this world, but not after Christ. You talk about a deluded bunch of people in a church like this. Or that one up here where, you know, where they, the pastor and the congregation show up totally naked. Totally naked. The deacons and everything. I mean, I'm talking not a stitch of clothes on. And they have some warped biblical interpretation. This is how cults get started. But they call themselves Christians. Yeah, we're Christians. What about abstain from all appearance of evil? And when Adam and Eve realized their sin, God covered them with skins. 
God did it. It was right to have their body covered. Anyway, some may be wondering how a Baptist church could condone such actions. Other may be questioning the church's general stance on same-sex relationships. The Associated Baptist Press uh, has said the church has long blessed unions between both same-sex and heterosexual couples, uh, but they are not the same. For he- for heterosexuals, is called it is called a marriage and satisfies requirements for the state. The others are called unions, meaning the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or whatever, and are not legally binding. Petty says she has become increasingly uncomfortable with the inequality of the two ceremonies. You know, Perry, lesbian pastor lady, hell is going to be way more uncomfortable for you, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is never quenched, than any little inconvenience you're suffering now. That's what I would say to her. You know. Next article. Uh, we're going to go, and again, this is very much related to this subject. You know, the whole um, uh, Jay Baker, the son, the prodigal son of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, they raised him right. Well, the tattoo-covered, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender-promoting Jay Baker, who wrote the book One Punk Under God. I've I've talked about him times past. I'll give you a little picture here. You can see of this devil reprobate. And then also a picture of Todd, uh, Todd Bentley, with all the... Jay Baker's covered with tattoos. Uh, Todd Bentley with all his tattoos, all his demonic tattoos all over his body. It was kind of appropriate here. Get ready, get ready. The new phase or faces of Protestantism. Mainstream Christianity, emerging church to transform outlaw preachers. Uh, Apprising Ministries, this article is filled with links. So if you want to know more about any person or thing I'm talking about, you could go to the PDF that will be associated with the 9-11-2011 teaching, and you can click on the myriad of links that have dedicated articles about almost every one we're citing here. Okay, So you know I'm not making this stuff up. Apprising Ministries, this is their article from Apprising Ministries, told you in their article, Outlaw Preachers in the Emerging Church, again, that's linked here, that this largely biblically illiterate bunch of self-described outlaw preachers now slithering up and down the um, all around the head outlaw, the gay-affirming pastor, Jay Baker, has been fully embraced by the egregiously ecumenical emerging church, a.k.a. emergent church, deformation of the Christian faith. And we talked a lot about the emergent church in times past. Now is morphing into what they call emergence Christianity. Uh, they're just going to come, come up with more, um, I don't know, bibli- not biblically, but... Uh, secularly appealing terms to refer to themselves. Further example is is following from a Transform article, which I pointed out in the Emerging Church Transform, is a social network created by the Kingdom journalist Steve Knight. Most of you are familiar uh, names in the EC Existentialism Rebellion against the final authority of the Bible 
are here to be found in to- Tony Jones. This is written really choppy. I'm sorry about that, but I can't help the way this guy writes. Uh, also in heretical theologians and redis- residents at the EC Church of his equally heretical quasi-universalist Doug Paget. Now, I included all this verbiage in here, even though it's written unbelievably poorly, because they give links to each one of these reprobate guys. So if you want to know more about Tony Jones, Doug Paget, whatever, and also EC guru Brian McLaren, EC Emergence Christianity. Brian McLaren, we've talked about him in times past. You'll also find Baker himself and his partner in spiritual crime, Cad Young, as well, and every one of these are linked, and as well as Christianity 21 voices and outlaw preachers such as PCUSA Pastrix, Nanette Sawyer, Mekshia Fisher, Julie Clausen, ECELCA Pastrix, Nadia Boltz Weber. We're going to talk about this one. Oh, wow. We're going to talk about her. In Queer Emergence, I evidently, um, merging the queer gay movement with Christianity, Queer Emergent, Adelel Skackler, as of this writing, the outlaw preachers, these are these reprobate devil, I mean, I would imagine, I I, I don't know, I, I don't honestly know if, as reprobate as that lesbian Baptist pastor was, I don't know if she's reprobate enough to be considered an outlaw pastor, according to Jay Baker. I mean, these guys are just pushing the demonic envelope like no other sect of pseudo-Christianity, as far as I can see. As of writing, as of this writing, the outlaw preachers hoard at Transform, which I guess is their where they hang out, already has some 70 members, these outlaw pastors. And as a matter of fact, the upcoming Outlaw Preachers Reunion, wow, now that must be a real reprobate good time. It's being promoted below, will be held by Boltz Weber's church. We're going to talk more about her. I, I mean, you will not believe these pictures. Unbelievable. I mean, glorying in their shame like nothing I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, this um, this will be, I guess, May 15, 2010 to May 18th location. House for All Sinners and Saints in Denver, Colorado. And there's a website or map here. More reason why you need to realize that the spiritual poison of such as these has been dripping into the youth groups and young adult classes for years now. See, this poison that we're talking about here has been slowly permeating into many, many youth groups around the country, regardless of whatever denomination you're associated with. A lot of times, people send their kids off to youth, and there's all kind of horrific, reprobate garbage going on in youth that's not going on in the regular service. Well, hey, the kids, they need they need something different. They need something secular, so that, you know, we, we want to capture their attention. We want to placate little Johnny and Susie, and we don't want to lose them. So we want to, we want to give them a big, heaping tablespoon full of the secular, pseudo-emergent church movement so we can keep them. You don't use sin in order to capture a group of, of 
children or teenagers. You don't use ungodly practices in order to do that. You preach the truth, you tell the truth, and if they decide to stray, and they decide to go their own way, well, they've been warned. But if you just hand your kids over and expect like these youth groups to do the right thing, most of the time that's not going to happen. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. As the corporate church, 501c3 corporate church progresses and becomes more reprobate and more apostate and more lukewarm, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And if the fruit was good, why is the church in the shape that it's in? So, and one of their pet doctrines of these uh, emergent churchianity or whatever is an attempt to convince us that the deviant lifestyle of having sexual relations with one another of the same sex, i.e. homosexuality, is a viable one for the evangelical Christian. That's what these outlaw preachers are doing. That's what this lesbian pastor in uh, North Carolina is doing. They are trying to convince their adherence that homosexuality is a viable option for an evangelical Christian. What an abomination. This is why um, this person writing the article has been continuing to warn that there is a very dark and threatening same-sex storm right now approaching with hurricane force, which is currently only slightly off the coast of your own local church. He's using euphemisms there and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, he gives a whole bunch of articles here regarding this subject. Oppressive, homoppressive is Jay Baker. Uh, Jay Baker featured on Ooze TV of Emerging Church. The sin of homosexuality is different. The nightmare beginning for mainstream evangelicalism. Uh, on and on and on. Now, I give you my teachings on this subject, entitled American Declining Morality Exposé, Gays, Transgendered, and Genetic Manipulation Exposed, Soul Force to Bring Gay Agendas to Six Megachurches, and The Hate Crimes and Gay Agenda, Hirelings, and Judas Goats in the Pulpit. These are all studies I've done where I've addressed this subject. Next article is entitled Jay Baker from the same ministry, Jay Baker and Fixing Gandhi. Now, I don't know a lot about this ministry, so, you know, I'm just using it. Again, I'm gleaning from it. Okay, so, Jay Baker and Fixing Gandhi. Okay. As you can see, and this is another picture of Jay Baker, just arms are totally tattooed. Uh, he's holding up a Bible. It looks like almost upside down. And it says, we all walk in different shoes. And their big thing is, you know, you have no right to judge anybody. You know, because it's just not right to judge. Well, because we're not judging. Because we've let every manner of sin into the church is the reason the church is in the shape that it's in. He who is spiritual judgeth all things. New Testament. Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. No, no. He said, judge not lest ye be judged. Yeah. Do you know the context of that verse? It was when you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your others. First, cast out the beam in your own eye so that you can judge the speck in your brothers is what Jesus Christ said. But no, no, they just love to quote that one verse totally out of context. Why? Because then it gives them a freedom to do and say whatever they want to say. And I can't say anything against them because I'm judging. And again, 
because we have it judged in the church. It's corrupt from the top down. If the head is sick, the whole body's going to be sick. And most of the time it starts right at the pastor. Cemetery trained, 501c3 corporate church, linked up, created, state sanctioned, marriage license writing, license from the state to preach. Where's this in the Bible? Well, obey the law of the land. Not if it contradicts the word of God. No. Well, where was Jesus Christ's um, license to preach, you know, at? I, was, was, did he have a wallet where he had his, his license? No, I don't think. Well, where were the apostles? No, actually, Jesus Christ and the apostles and many of the uh, martyrs throughout all of history went against what the state was telling them to do. And that was the very reason that they were martyred. Because they were opposing what the state was telling them to do. In fact, that's the main reason people get martyred. Because they do oppose exactly what the state is telling them to do. Because it goes against what the Word of God clearly teaches. And we may be in the same um, position not too far from now. I don't know. That's why the Bible says, Pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this world and to stand before the Son of Man. But I, I, like I said, there's going to come a time when they that think they kill you think that they do with God's service. That's the reality, what I just said. Which you can see is in diametric opposition to what Jay Baker or these outlaw preachers would stand for. Ah. Uh. As you can see in Jay Baker's, and this is a this is a linked article, so you can click on. As you can see in Jay Baker on sexism, gay affirming pastor Jay Baker is fond of using Twitter to preach to his growing brood of largely biblically illiterate, self-proclaimed outlaw preachers who are slithering around him on all the outskirts of the egregiously ecumenical emerging church, aka emergent church deformation of the Christian faith, now morphing into emergent. Christianity. My word, they got so many terms for this stuff. The EC loves to try and denigrate proper biblical Christianity by appealing to criticism of it in unregenerate pagans like Gandhi. Um, well, sure enough, today Jay Baker gows, bows before Gandhi and he tweets, quote, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. They are so unlike your Christ. Who said that? Mahatma Gandhi. He says, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. They are so unlike your Christ. And this, this guy goes on to comment correctly by saying, I'll share with you what, in effect, Gandhi was really saying. Here's what Gandhi was really trying to say, if you read between the lines. If he was honest, he would have said, I like the Christ whom I made up in my own mind. The Christ of my own device that I've conjured up in my own mind. Remember, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Okay, I like the Christ whom I have made up in my own mind. I do not like Christians who remind me of the doctrine that he actually taught, though. Your Christians are so unlike the teachings of the imaginary Christ that I do happen to like. <laughs> he nailed it. Totally nailed it. Here, here Gandhi, here's a guy I really want to follow from a spiritual level. A guy that got up every morning and drank a glass of his own urine. That's how he started off the day. 
Some people drink Tang, some OJ. No, Gandhi, he liked urine therapy. He liked urine therapy. I'm not making this stuff up. And I've had Christians email me. One was like dejected. They're like, oh man, I gotta do urine therapy. I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, look at this Bible verse. It says, drink out of your own cistern. That was in reference to when you have a wife You're supposed to be with your wife with one person if you read the full context of the verse and you're not supposed to drink out of another sister which would be basically committing adultery on your wife. All you have to do, but see, this is how cults get started. They take one verse out of context. This this man and woman who are patients of mine actually thought that they had to start doing urine therapy. And there was a guy that wrote this whole article who was supposedly Christian saying, yes, this is where the Bible condones drinking your own urine. Read the full context of the verse. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. I'm not saying that because I think I'm so much better. I'm just saying, come on, just read the full context of the verse. You can't just take one verse out of context and say, see, look. Okay, but if you read that chapter and the chapter before and the chapter before that, you might have a different perspective. It's called rightly dividing the word of truth. Precept upon precept, line upon line. Okay, anyway. Yeah, Gandhi's not a guy I would really want to be quoting. Now we get to good old reverend. Oh, I love that term. It's only used once in the Bible. It's describing God. Holy and reverend is he. Not ever used to be described a man or a woman. It's a term only attributed to God. Or a man or a woman who would supposedly call themselves whatever, priest, whatever, father, another one we're not supposed to use. Call no man father, but your father in heaven. Reverend father would be even the best, I think. I mean, how about a gay, bisexual, Catholic, reverend father, monk, maybe. You know, just, just do everything as unbiblical as possible. Well, that's what we have here with Reverend Nadia Boltz-Weber, where they're going to have this reunion that we were just in reference to here. This wonderful reunion of these outlaw preachers uh, that actually already... this the, rev, the reunion was actually May 15th of 2010 to May 18th of last year. So here we have Nadia Boltz-Weber, and this article printed up about her in the Denver Post, okay? Denver's got to be one reprobate place, is all I can say. When I was out there, I was I was out there for a, a conference, a nutritional conference, and um, on the professional line that I use, I have, I mean, I remember having the TV on at night. This was like, I don't know how long ago. There was all these commercials for like gay guys wanting other gay guys seeking like those telephone line things they've got, the one the ones where they charge you by the minute and stuff. I'm like, it was on regular TV. I never saw anything like it in my life. I was like watching the news or something. I'm like, what is this? And um, beautiful place. I mean, I love it. It was up in the mountains. But man, alive, there was so... And I have never found myself surrounded by so many New Agers in my life, ever. I don't think one... This was a room with, I don't know how many doctors... I did not encounter one that had the slightest veneer of Christianity. They were all New Agers up there. A lot of them were from California, Colorado. It was really sobering. 
Anyway, it wouldn't surprise me, this witch. And, and, and the look on, the look of, this woman looks like she would just come up to you and just punch you right in the face. If you, if you didn't, you know, like her doctrine. Or if, or if you were judging her for her stance on um, homosexuality and lesbianism and all this other stuff. Here is a witch. And that's what I'm going to refer to her as, as a witch. She calls herself Reverend Nadia Boltzweber. She's the one that sponsored this, this thing for um, Jay Baker, this reunion of these outlaw reprobate preachers. She's got, um, she's here, she's got her hair all pulled back. She's in a black shirt with a priest collar on, cross around her neck, big old earrings, arms tattooed all the way down to the wrist, all these Looks like she's got some kind of biker belt on. Black, skin-tight jeans. I mean, you talk about a Psalms, uh, Proverbs 31 woman. I mean, you got it all in one package here. You know? I, th- I give you the picture here. You can look at it. It's, it's near the end of the report. And I'm just going to read this small excerpt that was in the Denver Post. So you can get a little flavor. The Reverend Nadia Boltzweber turns heads and minds by blending tradition with irreverence. And the article's entitled... Uh, guided by resurrection and a dose of insurrection. Oh boy. Let's go further. This article starts off by saying, Lutheran pastor, she's Lutheran, okay. Lutheran pastor, Nadia Boltzweber, is a, diction, is a dichotomy wrapped in a paradox covered in tattoos. Uh, creation, Advent, Christmas, Lent, Good Friday, Easter, Pentecost, practically the entire liturgical year, unfurl in technicolor ink from her shoulders to her wrists. So she's got all this pagan religious icon- iconography all over, all these tattoos all over her arms to show how evidently spiritual she is. Uh, and that's just her left arm. Mary Magdalene and Lazarus rising from the dead are on their long right arm of this six foot one Christian billboard. Christian, no, 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 pagan occult billboard is, is really more like it. And if you could just see the look of pride on this woman's face, she looks, she has eyes that look like she just burned through your head, you know, she looks like she'd just come up to you if, if you if you went against her, just grab you by the throat, lift you up with one hand, it's the kind of look that's on her face, a real, again, the Bible talks about you know, a woman um, having a meek and quiet spirit, which is of great value in God's sight. I mean, it, it is so the di- polar opposite of anything meek and quiet and, and subtle, and, and or not subtle, but I mean, submissive. I mean, my word. There is not a submissive bone in this whatever's body. So let's go further here. The 42-year-old came to Jesus later. In, oh, she came to Jesus, right, right. She came to Jesus later in life, but then pursued a vocation in Christ, full throttle. In the state where focus on the family and other strands of evangelical Christianity have long grabbed most headlines, a progressive Lutheran is now stealing the marquee. On the strength of her preaching, oh boy, she's got to be right down the line with the Bible, I mean, come on. On the strength of her preaching, Boltz Weber received an invitation to sermonize Sunday at Ishtar, I mean Easter, sunrise services, which you can look in the Bible and talk about Easter sunrise services. If you think Easter's a, a, a Christian holiday, please can Easter or Ishtar, which is where we get the word Easter from, the goddess Ishtar. 
which moves around every year because it's not the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a pagan holiday and it's been celebrated from that forever. It has to be determined through astrology every year. That's why the date moves around. And if it, was, it was, if it was the resurrection of Jesus Christ, why would the date ever move around? Well, you know, the whole pagan sunrise service thing where we look in, um, I believe it's in Isaiah, or if it's in Ezekiel, um, where we look at God showing, I believe Ezekiel, greater abominations when they were in the temple, and they were having their own Easter sunrise services. They were worshiping toward the sun. The same thing an Easter sunrise service is. Well, it's appropriate that um, on the strength of her preaching, Bolts Weber received the invitation to sermonize Sunday at Ishtar sunrise services for roughly 10,000 people at Red Rock Amphitheater. And these are people that would call themselves Christian. Just like all those Christians that convicted that pastor in Wichita, Kansas... And gave him that sentence. Christians. Uh Very, 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 very few, I believe, are saved. If that's Christian behavior, uh, we're in real trouble. It's not. Okay, I don't say that in a condescending way. I'm saying it from a factual, I have eyes in my head standpoint. Doesn't mean I think I'm better or that, you know, I'm Mr. Above Reproach. I'm just saying, I mean... Just eyes in my head type of thing. You can see that there's something really, really wrong here. 10,000, and they let this lesbian looking, biker chick looking, wearing a priest collar. I mean, she couldn't look any more evil. They let her preach the Ishtar son. I mean, I couldn't think of a better person on the planet to preach at Ishtar Sunrise Service than old Bolts Weber here. Uh, in the few years since her ordination in the late 2008, she has become famous within, within her denomination, the Evangelical Lutherans. She's become famous. Look at the wickedness just this one denomination is condoning. Here's a wonderful picture of her and uh, Jay Baker who she towers over. She looks like she could probably break him in half. She probably could. And two other reprobates, and they're in front of their some reprobate van they've got, and they're all one big, happy, apostate family. Next article about her. Blasphemous pastor turns head by blending tr- tradition with irreverence. And this, is, I believe, is from the same article. I just wanted to throw this in there. She chose the Lutheran denomination. She said, quote, because I met this really cute guy playing volleyball. End of quote. I'm really surprised it was a guy, because she looks like a hardcore lesbian to me. I'm sorry, but it's written all over her. Here's another picture of her. Um, She's in a more poignant pose here, where she's showing off all of her tattoos, looking off into space here. And it's entitled, Creeping Unnoticed into the Lutheran Church. This past week, many Protestants, especially Lutherans, celebrated Martin Luther nailing the 95 Thesis to the Wittenberg door in 1517. But not as all as well. Some has cre- someone has crept in unnoticed. Just someone. Other than that, the Lutheran Church is just great right down the line, right? Meet Nadia Boltzweber, the tattooed female pro-sodomy emergent foul-mouthed feminist Lutheran pastor. All the biblical attributes are displayed here, you know. 
right down the line. Here's some of the blasphemous quotes from her blog. I'm just going to read this to you to, to, for you to understand what kind of reprobates are now operating in mainstream Christianity, preaching to 10,000 people on a Sunday morning Ishtar sunrise service. Okay, Here's some quotes right off her blog. First quote, and again, a lot of these aren't going to make any sense, but you'll get the picture of what a reprobate she is. This is how they will know that you are my disciples, that you take my body and blood to the airport. Amen. Next quote, to sing, take me as I am, while putting cookers, whatever that means, and bleach and condoms in bags, felt quite holy. So evidently she was singing, take me as I am, while putting cookers and bleach and condoms in bags, felt quite holy. Next quote, nothing says, quote, he is risen, quite like a chocolate fountain in the baptismal. Next quote, a few sentences that I had to cut from tomorrow's sermon, so I'm letting them live here. These are some sentences she had to cut from her sermon, because these were even too over over the top for her reprobate church. They were, here's the quotes, much ink and much blood has been spilled on the matter of the Trinity doctrine. Are we celebrating God as bad math? One plus one plus one equals one? Why don't we add some other church doctrine festivals? We could have Substitutionary Atonement Sunday, where we celebrate God as an angry, cigar-chomping loan shark demanding his pound of flesh. Or perhaps Divine Inspiration of Scripture Sunday and celebrate God as a confused librarian. Next quote, I've been at Luther Seminary for three weeks now and have yet to meet a gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer person. Um, and I know they have to be here somewhere. Well, she's probably right about that. It's so weird to be in in an environment where it is apparently not safe to be out, meaning they come out of the closet. She can't stand that environment. Of course not. It's making me deeply sad. Oh, poor Nadia Boltz-Weber. Poor father Nadia Boltz-Weber. It makes me deeply sad, and, and, and actually, I think I'll start being a little obnoxious about it and find some rainbow flags and pink triangles to sport, meaning the, the symbols of the gay movement, the rainbow flag and pink triangles. She's going to sport them. She's going to wear them. She's, she's got to be a lesbian. I mean, she's way pro, pro-homosexual, gay lesbian. She's, she's, you know, she's bisexual. She's got to be. I mean, it's, it's written all over her writings. But this is the type of people we have now at the head of churches, just so you know. Just some Bible verses to conclude things. Revelation 21.7 says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, which would describe uh, in bare minimum, Nadia Boltz-Weber. She doesn't believe the Bible. She preaches the exact opposite doctrine of the Word of God. She's unbelieving. But the unbelieving and the abominable, this woman is a walking abomination on two legs. Well, I mean, one of the most unscriptural deviants I've ever seen behind a pulpit. I just use her as an example here. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That would be my message to her. Uh, Here's more uh, messages to her. 
Psalm 7-9. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. I mean, when you hear this teaching I just did, this four-part teaching in totality, that's really would be my cry. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. But establish the just, for the righteous God trieth the hearts and the reins. Psalm 94-22. But the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity. That's her future. That's Jay Baker's future. That's that lesbian pastor in North Carolina's future. But he shall bring upon them their own iniquity. And shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. Their day is coming. 1 John 5.19 And we know that we are... Of God in the whole world lieth in wickedness. Man, at the time that was written, I'm sure it wasn't even a fraction of how bad it is now. And they said that then. The whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true. Even in His Son, Jesus his son, Jesus Christ. And this is the true God in eternal life. Amen. So, uh, that's all I have for today. We'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. Um, I do pray, God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us. I pray, Lord God, regarding all of this wickedness that we have mentioned and um, exposed this day. I, I pray, God, that you judge this wickedness. I pray to God that you intervene regarding this wickedness. Let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, as you said in your word in Psalm 7-9. Let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. I pray to God for your intervention regarding these matters. For the sake of the children that are being defiled, the innocents that are being defiled, uh, the, these pedophiles, Lord, these reprobates in, in, in the church. That, I mean, I guess you can't even hardly call it the church, whatever. I just pray, God, for your intervention regarding these matters. By the power of the Holy Spirit, your angelic host, and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, I just pray to God for your intervention, Lord, that, that, that you would stop this wickedness, Lord God, that you would judge it, that you would expose it. That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of your doing, that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in you, and all the upright in heart would glory. That many would be saved as a result of what you would do, Lord God, regarding your judgment, and that you would use the body of Christ mightily toward this end. That you would raise up godly men and women to confront this evil, whether it be on their knees in prayer, whether they need to go physically on site and do it. I just pray you give us a clear mandate on what to do, how to do it, where to do it, when to do it, whatever you would have us do, I just pray to God we'd be obedient to whatever you would call us to do. And that you would make it abundantly clear to us. Um, and confirm it. Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would know um, exactly what our calling is regarding these matters. 
I, I pray that if it be possible, their souls be saved. Uh, these wicked people and situations that we've mentioned. I, I do pray, if it be possible, their souls be saved. Uh, I pray your name be glorified through the body of Christ, that you protect the body of Christ, you bless the widows and the orphans and the babies and the unborn babies, the children, Lord, the men and the women of God, those that will be saved, Lord. I pray for your protective hand to be upon them, that your angels would encamp around about them, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them. I pray you'd use them mightily for your glory and that through them you would use them to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray all these things. Amen.